Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so, so excited to be joined today by social media manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Sue Joe. The Dodgers' social media presence is among the best in the business, at least in my opinion, and Sue shares how it got there. She talks about posting the type of content she would like to see as a fan, not feeding social media trolls, and making the boys' club of the sports world into a girls' club, while also sharing great tips for aspiring and current social media managers alike. I also totally fangirl because, well, Dodgers. This episode is a lot of fun and super informative, so subscribe, listen, review, and enjoy. Sue, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. Um, You know this. Anybody who follows me knows this. I am a huge diehard Dodgers fan, which means I am a huge diehard fan of all of your social media content, so I've been so excited to talk to you. Thank you, Tracy. Excited to be here. Well, we are going to have a lot of fun. Um, Maybe I'm biased, but I think the Dodgers social account may be the best one in professional sports, (laughs) but hey, maybe maybe it's a bias, but it's just so good. I appreciate that. It's great. But we will we will get into that. Uh, before <laughs> we get there, I would love for you to take us a little bit on your professional journey to how you got to this position with the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I feel like back then, you know, there wasn't really a position called a social media manager for a sports team. Um, so when I was in school, I, I, you know, I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to um, be a reporter, be an anchor, um, you know, and that's what I really wanted to do. And of course, I, I really love sports. So, um, you know, I was also thinking of becoming a sports reporter, sideline reporter, just, you know, anything along those lines. And so um, I, I went to school for broadcast journalism. And so I... Uh, you know, did a lot of producing my own stuff, a lot of shooting on my own and, and did that. And so, you know, I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it was fun. And so once I, uh, was about to graduate, you know, I, I did several in- internships, uh, three in Chicago and, um, where I'm originally from. And, um, I, I was out in the field, you know, I was at a Northwestern and Illini game and just, being the reporter, um, you know, they kind of threw me in there and was like, go ask the coach after the, the team wins, like questions. And I was like, me, like me, like <laughs> I have, are you sure? They're like, yeah, go. Um, and, and so I went and I was like, okay, great. And I was so nervous, but I, I did it. The coach was very nice. Um, and after that, you know, I was just like, you know what, this is great. I love it. Um, and so, you know, I did that and right after, right before I graduated, I was offered a position, a a writing position. Um, and then I eventually worked at NBC Chicago, um, just writing the news. Um, and it was great. You know, it was, it was a lot of work. I think I was probably one of the few youngest people that worked there. Um, so it was really intimidating and I, I just felt like, do I belong here? You know, all these people have put in 20, 30 years and it was definitely intimidating. It was very fast paced and, you know, news cycle is just constant. It's, it's ongoing. And so, uh, you know, I was kind of riding the high of that and, and doing that, but it became a lot eventually. Um, it, it was a lot to have to deal with all the, the shootings in Chicago and constantly mm-hmm. covering, you know, the murders and the shootings and just all of that stuff. And after a while you become desensitized to it and it becomes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I came to a point where it was just so heavy on my mental. And I was like, I, I don't know 
that I can do this for the rest of my life. And, you know, uh, severe props to, you know, a lot of props to the people that are still doing it. But just for me, it, it wasn't, it was too much. And, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, on the side, I, I wanted to do something in sports and, and go back to kind of my roots and really where my passion was. And so in addition to working for NBC, I, I found a position called a content creator, um, for MLB. And it was a fairly new position. And what they had me do was uh, cover, you know, batting practice, all the things that I'm currently doing now, just covering batting practice, getting fun stuff of the home team, the visiting team, and just any kind of content that the MLB wanted um, that I would capture. Um, My very first day there, I did it. And I was like, this is a job. Like, this is what (laughs) I want to do. I can't believe this is a thing. And, And it did not one point of the day did it feel like work to me. Um, it just felt like, wow, I've literally been given a credential to be here to do this. Like, amazing. And so I did that for the whole season. And I was like, this is exactly where I need to be. Um, and, and so I reached out to MLB and was like, hey, do you guys have anything on the West Coast um, for the Dodgers or anything? Because I'd like to move out there. Um, you know, Chicago, I love Chicago, but you know, those, those gloomy cloudy skies and cold and snow and rain was just not doing it for me anymore. (laughs) Um, and so I was like, I need to get out. And they were like, well, there is a position with the Dodgers available if you'd like to interview. And I was like, yes, please. Um, so I interviewed, I got the position, started off as an in-game social media coordinator, um, assisting uh, Matt Mesa, who at the time was a social media manager there, um, mm-hmm. you know, doing the same thing, covering batting practice, doing all that, um, handling the, the in-game social media highlights, you know, posting to Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, just everything that I'm currently doing now. Um, and it was just providing support. Um, you know, I was hired by MLB, but working for the Dodgers. So it was kind of tricky, but, um, you know, that's how I got my start. And after putting in a, you know, a few seasons uh, I was hired full time by the team and, um, you know, here I am now (laughs) here. And so how long have you been the social media manager? Um, for the social media manager, just with the team side, I, I would say, I think this is like my, uh, third season. Okay. Yeah. So I think what is so awesome about your content is that obviously the information gets out there and we know what happened, but your captions are funny. Your engagement with the fans is, is funny and you do engage with the fans, which I think (laughs) is, you know, a nice thing as well. How do you learn the line between being funny and being playful, but still being professional and not crossing a line? Yeah. I mean, I think that's always hard in anything that I do, even captions and um, just replying to fans in general. I always have to think like, okay, this isn't my personal account. This is representing the Dodgers is representing the brand. I have to make sure that, you know, it's fun and playful, but make sure it's not crossing a line or being disrespectful. Cause at the end of the day, these are fans, you know, they are looking for just a response and just, you know, you know, I, I look at it myself and I'm like, if someone said this to me, would I be offended? I'm mm-hmm. always constantly turning it around and thinking, okay, if someone did this to me, how would I feel? If I'm a big fan of the team, and wanted a response from my team, is this what I would want to hear? Um, and, and so sometimes I, I think about that. But, you know, the fun ones, I feel like, hey, those are funny. Like, I would I would have a, I would have a great time if someone did that to me. So, um, you know, I, I always try to keep it playful. I always think about it, you know, for a few minutes before I even hit, you know, respond. Because, you know, you never want to on an impulse do something and be like, oh, crap, that's just kind of out there for everyone, you know? So. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just, I always make sure I always take a beat and think, okay, is this, is this okay to do Does this make sense to do? And then, and go from there. It's actually pretty good life advice because we are <laughs> so 
text and snap and email and take a beat before you send it off. Yeah, exactly. Very very good life advice. (laughs) Um, I want to talk captions for a while or for a minute because yours are great. And is that, you know, how, let me start to rephrase that question. This is how much I like them. They've left me speechless. (laughs) Is it something that you just naturally are very witty and it comes to you and you do it? Is it the years of experience? Do some come more quickly than others? And it's kind of a weird question, but I just am always in awe of people who so quickly can come up with that super clever caption uh, that I was just kind of curious what your process is like. Yeah, you know, I think when I first came into to this role, um, I, I think I had maybe a, a couple good ones, and I was proud of them. And then, mm-hmm. um, and then you be, then you get into sort of a lull, and you're like, man, I feel like my brain is fried. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I, I hope people don't think that I'm always constantly coming up with great captions because it's it's hard, you know. So I, I have a lot of respect for you know the copywriters and all the social media coordinators and managers around the league and and in general because it is very hard and um, you. You know, with baseball being such a long, you know, a long season and having a game every single day, it's even harder to come up with content. So, you know, um, when I had um, Alex Perez, who was our social media coordinator in the past, he he came in, was able to breathe, you know, you know, new life into the social. And um, Mm -hmm. but, you know, after he had left, it's back to me again. And it's, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, having to deal with the highlight part of, you know, posting and then also coming up with good captions. It's, it is hard. There are times where something comes supernaturally to you like, Oh my God, that that's great. Like, for example, I'll talk about the belly cat um, friends reference that I did. I mean, that was hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> That'd be my favorite thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of the process of that was just like, okay, it, it didn't even, that was not the first thing that occurred to me. I, I looked at the, the, the highlight. I always usually watch it for a few minutes just to see like what I'm working with. And I see a cat and I'm like, okay, what can I do with meow? What can I do with cat? And then I'm like, okay, like, let me think of songs. Like what kind of songs we have with cat? And I'm like, Oh, smelly cat. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's Bellinger. I-, I think belly cat could work. And then I was singing it to myself and I'm like, okay, I hope people don't think this is stupid because I think it's hilarious. Um, and that's just kind of how it comes. Like, you know, it's not something that's just like, I look at it. I'm like, Oh, there it is. You know, I, I kind of mm-hmm. have to look at it for a little bit and then think about it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I think this works. Um, <laughs> And so it's, it's a process. And then there are other times where, you know, I'm listening to, you know, a great song or something and, I, and I'll jot it down in my phone and I'm like, oh, that's a great, like, that's a great lyric that could work for like a defensive highlight. That could be great. Um, and so that's, you know, just kind of the process that I kind of go with. So speaking of the process, uh, if you could kind of take our listeners through that, let's say you have a Mookie Betts home run. And so there's someone has to cut the highlight which mm-hmm. I, is that I'm assuming that's not you. Right. It's so okay. all of MLB teams, we, uh, MLB has a production team that is cutting the highlights. Um, so they're cutting it on their end. And then um, we are able to access it on our end of, you know, the Mookie Betts highlight. If there, if we want a longer clip with all the slow-mo replays and everything like that, I request that from MLB and they okay. send it back to me. So then how much time do you have, or I guess kind of your goal between getting that highlight and then getting it on Twitter and then getting it on Instagram. And then the next part of that question, and I, I don't mean to get like so detail oriented, but your position is one that I think a lot of young people, just a lot of people getting to sports 
are interested in and something they may do. So I'm just trying to, you know, give them an idea. So what is the goal for you to get it on Twitter and then on Instagram? And then how do you decide, okay, this is going to be a static post versus a story and how you're going to do that? Yeah. So um, for Twitter, everything goes up on Twitter first because Twitter is, you know, it's very much live. It's where everyone is watching the game together. Um, My next is Instagram. Um, Instagram, you have a little bit of time there. And then my last is uh, Facebook. Facebook, you know, the, the audience is much older there. And so they don't, you know, they don't necessarily need the highlight ASAP as soon as, you know, as soon as Mookie Betts crosses home plate. That's not the right. case at all there. So we have some time there. So Twitter, everything goes up on first. So as soon as we get the clip from MLB, you know, I have maybe just a few minutes um, and then and I post it straight to Twitter and then get the caption up. While, you know, it, as soon as Mookie crosses a plate, we can get that highlight within a few seconds, a very shortened yeah. clip, very, very uh, quick clip that we can get up there. If we want like a longer one that takes maybe about, 25 to 30 minutes sometimes from MLE to get it back to us. Okay. Um, but that's kind of, you know, how it works there. Um, for Instagram, um, that's, like I said, it's the second step of my, you know, posting uh, process. And uh, we get everything on there. Um, if it's a big moment, for sure, going on the feed. Um, you know, if it's like, you know, it, it's really rare for us to post, you know, just like, a, you know, an RBI single or um, something of, along those lines, unless it's very meaningful. For example, mm-hmm. Albert Pujols' RBI single yesterday. Um, right. You know, and if you see the numbers and the engagement, you'll know why we posted that there, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, those are the things that we have to take into account and say, okay, does this make sense to go on the feed? Because, um, there is a strategy behind all of that. You know, it's not just posting every single highlight that happens in the game. There's so many. Um, and yeah. I always say this, the Dodgers are so that we always had so many homers that it's so hard for us because, <laughs> um, you know, I feel like other teams, they get to post here and there, but like for us, it's like, we have so many homers a game that like we're posting everything on the feed. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of the process of it. That makes sense. I just, I was curious for that. And I think that is helpful for people to hear. And then obviously you have a strategy and I think anybody who follows you on social, like can totally see what the strategy is and how, you know, the lineup goes up at a certain time in the story and then the end of the game, the handshake and and the whole thing. How much availability is there to deviate if necessary, or do you really try to keep in the structure? Yeah, I mean, there there is time. Um, but as far as like lineups and moves go, we try to, you know, make sure that as soon as those are out, we try to get it out as soon as possible. Um, you know, for us, we have, you know, of course, we are always doing something or out in the field doing something and then the lineup comes in. So uh, there's time we have to work on it a little bit that, you know, as soon as PR sends it out, it might not be out at the exact same moment that's only because we have to make it look good. We put it into, you know, a, a, you know, in Photoshop and, and get all of the lineups done there and add a photo. And so it's, it's a process, but we try to get it out um, as soon as possible. And, um, you know, as far as going with the flow, I think that's kind of what social media is. You, you just mm-hmm. have to learn to go with the flow. You know, you could have a simply easy day and all of a sudden we'll need to promote tickets or last minute call. We'll, we'll, we have, you know, a few more spots available open in the vaccination set, uh, the zone and, you know, have to promote those. So, you know, we do have to kind of go with the flow and that's, I feel like that's kind of what social media is. So you mentioned vaccination. So this is a good segue uh, into, into last season. And of course, coming into this season as well. We'll start with how did COVID change your content strategy? Obviously, didn't know if a season was going to happen and then it was a 60 game season and then there was the playoff bubble. But how did that change your strategy and, and how were you able to pivot? 
Yeah. You know, for me, because I work in this space, I always think that social media is so important. Um, but I think when uh, COVID happened, you know, the pandemic started, everyone turned to social and was like, that is all we have. Uh-huh, <laughs> um, uh-huh. That That is our only way t- for our players to connect with the fans. So they really looked to us to to connect everyone together. And so we had to come up with ways that we could you know, do that. And that meant, you know, reaching out to the players, reaching out to the wives and the girlfriends and, and asking if they can help along with, you know, uh, recording content for us. Um, you know, whether that's a day in the life story that we did uh, during the pandemic or, um, you know, having zoom parties and zoom calls with the players. And, you know, so it was, it was a lot of that. And that was really our only way to, uh, connect everyone together. Um, and then when the season started, um, you know, we, we did the same exact thing, try to put as much content at out there as possible for the fans to see because they weren't able to enjoy it in person. And also mm-hmm. having, you know, a, a Zoom a camera and TV outside of the clubhouse so that fans could see the players walking in. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it was very different, but, you know, I think people really understood how just how important social media really is. And the way that you were able to connect fans to players, is it something that you'll be able to continue going forward? I mean, will the zoom camera outside the clubhouse stay? Has it stayed, you know, what have you, what will you take with you from that time as we move on? Yeah. You know, I think the zoom cameras outside of the clubhouse is something that we might continue to do for the postseason. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that, you know, I think the fans really liked seeing. And also I think some of the players really enjoyed it. You know, when I talked to Justin Turner and, and Courtney Turner on their podcast, um, they talked about, Justin talked about how much he actually really liked that. Um, and mm-hmm. so uh, I think that's something that we'll probably carry into into the postseason again if, if um, you know, we decide to do that again. And then, of course, last year was a very exciting season because it was the World Series winning season, but very different because they're playing the World Series and most of the playoffs in a different state entirely. <laughs> um, but can you talk about you know, that season and what that it's like and what that feeling is like. And then kind of going into the ring ceremony. I mean, I was there for the ring ceremony. I cried the entire time. So (laughs) I can only imagine how emotional and exciting it was for you. And I did on Insta story and then I did an Insta story saying I'm posting everything and then start to cry again. So it was like kind of embarrassing. (laughs) But so I imagine for you, obviously even more emotional. And so I, it's like a few part question, but kind of talking about doing social media for throughout the playoffs from a different state, were you at the bubble? I was, yes. Okay. So you were at the bubble. So talk, you talk about that experience and, you know, just how all that changed. And then when, when you were able to sit back and reflect and be like, wow, I was part of a world series winning team. Sorry, that was yeah. so many questions in one. No. Yeah. So the, the bubble was, uh, it was a, an experience, you know, it was, <laughs> it was a lot. Um, and so only a few people got to go into that bubble and I was fortunate enough to be one of those people. Um, and it was literally living in a hotel with the team. Yeah. Um, and it was just wake up, you see them uh, go to sleep. You see them in the elevator, you know, you just are mm-hmm. just, you're living with these people and, um, you couldn't go outside. There's, you know, MLB security outside the hotel waiting, just kind of you. And, and if you had left the bubble, you can't come back in. So it's very much protected. And, um, you were just inside the hotel. You're going from the hotel to the stadium back and forth and that's it. Um, all of your meals are there, um, you know, <laughs> and it, that was it. And so it, it was a lot and it was hard to, to kind of live through, but it was also exciting at the same time because it, it had never been done before. Mm-hmm. You know, it was constant testing, um, you know, just 
like I said, living with everybody there. Um, it, it kind of felt like college almost, but like not being able to go anywhere. It's just like in right. a dorm. Everyone's in a dorm. Um, so it, it was, it was pretty cool though. Now that I, I mean, just reflecting back on it, but, um, as soon as the, you know, we won, that, that was just, that was like, I can't even really explain it. It was, a, it was an amazing moment. It was so stressful when we were down three, one, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, you know, I, I was completely fine. Cause I wasn't, I was like, no, we can't do this again. Like, yeah. you know, I was, I was like, oh, I can't. And, and I was just already thinking about, you know, how the responses on, you know, um, the social was going to be once we tweeted out the thank you fans graphic, you know, it was uh-huh. like a lot, a lot runs through my mind. And I was just like, Oh my God, we can't do this again. But you know, we did it and we fought, they fought through and we won. And then the moment that you went, like I was down by the steps right before the final out. And I was like shaking, like mm-hmm. you do this for so many times. And I, every day still after a Dodgers win or a walk off, I'm still down there like shaking. It's still nerve wracking. Like it never gets easy. Um, and mm-hmm. so, um, I'm just there. The final, the final out happens. I rush out. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. And then you go into work mode and you completely don't even think about the fact that you won the world series. You're thinking about capturing every possible moment. You're looking for Kershaw who has finally been waiting for this moment. Um, you know, and you're looking for Mookie Betts who, who had won this with the team for the first time, like it, like with our team. And, and so it's like, it's all of those things that are running through your mind. I'm like, okay, where's Julio who, who had the final, out? it's just a lot of things are going through your mind. And so, um, you completely go into work mode. I, I think it, I, it kicked in like a week after maybe, um, mm-hmm. when I had time to actually breathe for a second, um, and just say like, we actually won. Like th- that was insane. We won. Um, and you know, then it also becomes like, ugh, it sucks cause we weren't able to celebrate with the fans. We weren't mm-hmm. able to have a parade. Um, <clears throat> so that was tough. Um, but then we had the ring ceremony and was like, Oh my gosh, I forgot that we had won. Like that is like, and then you go back through all the emotions again, like, wow. And watching all the highlights and, and then just getting the ring with your name on it. And, you know, just being a part of something that the guys did and just being a small part of that and being able to win it. It was just an amazing moment. It's it's incredible. And it's like, you'll always have been part of a world series. Winning yeah. Just <clears throat> really just, Amazing. You said something in there that I thought was interesting that when they were down uh, 3-1 and you were thinking, oh, God, we have to tweet out the thank you fans and and (laughs) what is the response going to be? You know, the Dodgers have had between the injuries and there's been a granted we're very early in the season, but there's been some up and downs, you know, in this season or ups and downs. What you know, do you ever have that moment of like, okay, I'm going to have to tweet this out and bracing yourself for what's about to come? Yeah, of course. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like I do that in general. Like, I feel like anytime I post something, I'm like, oh, well, they might not like that. And then especially when it's like a thank you fans or something like that, it's like, you already know it's going to be bad. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. And so I, I'm already just used to it by now. And, you know, you don't let it get to you because it's not really personal. <laughs> but right. um, yeah, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, we all know that that's kind of expected. So And it's not personal. And I think you bring up another interesting point, especially for social media managers of any brand, but teams, especially, you know, is there something you would want to say or that you'd want people to know? Because sometimes people throw out some real vitriol and horribly mean things, which 
generally, I want to talk about that on social media because we have social media trolls. But when someone's attacking a social media manager for doing their job, what what do you say to people who do that? Um, you know, I, I just feel like maybe they just don't know any better, um, to be completely honest. It's just that um, or maybe they just can't separate the Twitter account from, you know, the organization or whatever the case may be. It's just, they are, they're always are going to be the way they are. You're not going to change them. I, you just, I don't think that they'll understand that um, just because I'm the one tweeting it, that it's, you know, because of me, <laughs> um, right. everything, you know, everything that's related or a statement or whatever it is, it's all coming down from way above me. Um, and we're just the messengers at the end of the day. Um, and so you kind of just learn to, to ignore it. Um, because otherwise if you let it get to you, it's, it becomes a lot and it can, can consume you. So, um, yeah, you know, I just, I just let it go. And would you have the same advice for a personal social media account in dealing with trolls? Yeah, you know, I think the trolls are there because they want you to feed them um, mm-hmm. and to give into that. And so I think I have a pretty good restraint um, when it comes to my personal account. I kind of treat it like the Dodgers one, where you know, if somebody is tweeting something at me, I'm like, dude, like, what is it? What's gonna? What is it gonna help if I respond back to that? You know, and mm-hmm. it's easier just to leave it alone and let them go away silently than to to fight, and then it becomes a whole thing, and then all of a sudden. Because, you know, you are a representation of the, the brand and, you know, you don't want to get into all of that and um, and make the brand look bad or the organization look bad. And so um, I just let it go. Um, but sometimes, it, and, I'm, and I'm a human, you know, of course, I see some of those um, comments directly at me and, you know, it just, it sucks. It sucks to read it. It's just because considering, you know, how hard you work at this job, how many hours are put into this job. And it, it does suck to sometimes read stuff. And, you know, uh, you know, there's, everyone is so nice all the time, you know, complimenting and, and, you know, just all of that. So I, I appreciate that. But there are definitely some people out there that, you know, don't appreciate it. So, um, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. I guess it comes with the territory of, of yeah. the world we live in and the job that you do. But mm-hmm. I guess on the other side of that, have you ever had a fan send you something where you're like, oh, that's a really good idea. I might do that. I might take it under advisement. Do any, does anybody ever do that? Um, you know, people tag me in a lot of things. Um, and of course, I, I love seeing it. And, um, you know, uh, like a lot of um, uh, artists um, that are, you know, paint the painters, murals, um, mm-hmm. you know, graphic design stuff that they might send over. That's like, oh, yeah, that's a really cool idea. Um, have we maybe had inspiration come off of something like that? Yeah, I'm sure that we have. And um, but yeah, there's so many creative people that are out there that I'm, I'm sure like everyone's doing that because if given the right chance, I know that these people out there can really succeed in this industry. And so it's awesome to see. With that in mind, do you have a piece of advice that you would give to someone who's starting a career in your industry? Yeah, I would just say take as many opportunities that come your way and just kind of roll with it. You know, I think in talking to a lot of people, and I think I was guilty of this, is that when I was getting started in this in the very early stages, I was like, oh, I want to work for, you know, a major league team. That's it. I don't want to go anywhere else. And I think that's kind of narrow minded uh, thinking. And that, like I said, I was guilty of doing that. But you can start off somewhere it just because you want to be in sports doesn't doesn't mean that you can't do social media for a small startup or a small brand or something because 
social media is social media at the end of the day. If you know the sport, you just need to know social media. So mm-hmm. um, getting experience is super important. So I would just say take as many opportunities and, and um, be open-minded um, because you can learn a lot of things. You can start off in a minor leagues uh, team working social and kind of low-key build up your your you know your resume um, and your skill. And then by the time you get up there, all polished, like you'll be ready to go. Um, and so that's something that I would say is that just because you want to be in sports doesn't mean that you can't do, you know, a social media, uh, account, run a social media account for, you know, a coffee shop or something like that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, being able to polish your skill by the time that you get to the majors, that's what's important. What is a criticism that you received early in your career that might have been difficult, but has really helped you in the long run? Um, you know, I'm sure there's there's a ton that I, I probably am just not even thinking about right now. But I think one of the main ones is um, that I work too much. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot, of, there's, there's been a lot of talk about that lately about being able to, to kind of let the reins go a little bit and, and get help and, um, and do that. And, and right now, so we, you know, we are, um, we have hired a new social media coordinator, so they, she will be starting, um, I believe next week. So hopefully when she comes, I'll be able to have some relief, but you know, this job has been kind of my life. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I've really just been putting everything into it. Long hours. I'm really just going the extra mile because I post things that I would want to see if I was a fan. And so mm-hmm. that tends to be a lot and that tends to consume me a lot of nights and, and thinking like, what, what do I think could be good for this? Or, you know, how could I have <clears throat> done better? How could I have shot this better? So those are things that I really think about and, and working a lot of hours is, is tough, but um, you know, I, I love this job and I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. So I think that's probably one of the things that my friends used to tell me is like, you work way too much. It's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's probably the biggest criticism that I still kind of struggle with uh, to this day, but I'm trying to be better about it. So when you have a social media coordinator, can you take a couple games a week, a few games a week that you can say, all right, maybe not next week, the day she starts, but, <laughs> um, you know, we're down the road where you can say, all right, I'm going to let you handled this. And if you need me, you know where to find me. Or are you at every single game? I am at every single game. It's, it's, it'll be very rare for me to take a game off just because our account is so big. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to say this, but it's like, you know, you don't want her to feel, um, nervous. You don't want her to, um, feel like, she can't make a mistake, but you know, it, it's a lot because screenshots are forever. People will tweet it at right. you and they have notifications on it. And so I don't want to have to go through all of that um, right away. I, I know with, when I had Alex, you know, it, it took, it took a while, but I try not to miss games um, at all just because it's a lot, it's a lot of work to handle by yourself. So if mm-hmm. I'm not there, she's going to have to do everything I do. And it's a, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to be mindful of that. Um, I, I might take maybe the few hours that are before the game is off, um, okay. you know, but I try to be there for the games as much as possible because it is a lot to handle and, and there's a lot of platforms to post to and, and the timing aspect of everything. So, um, you know, we'll see, you know, if there's like a wedding or a baby shower, maybe I might have mm-hmm. to, but, um, other than that, I, I try to be there as much as possible, but she'll, maybe we'll be able to provide some relief so that you yeah for sure. Twitter and she could do Instagram. I mean, I just, for is sure. that how you, is that yeah. how you start to delegate over time? 
Yes, for sure. Okay. And because there are so many platforms, that would be, you know, if I'm handling Twitter and Instagram, she can handle Facebook, Instagram stories, Snapchat. Um, if it's TikTok, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of platforms. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how we'll delegate roles. And um, eventually she'll be able to, you know, work her way up to just kind of handling more than that. Um, but it is a lot. It is a lot for one person to do. So, you know, I, I would try to help out as much as possible. Switching gears a little bit, um, in the time since you've started to today, how have you seen opportunities grow and change for women in the sports industry? And where do you think we can still improve? Yeah, you know, I I think that like... I'm seeing a lot of uh, females in sports now. And that's great because I think when I first started, I didn't really see many. Um, mm-hmm. And th- it was just, it was kind of tough. You know, they would always say it's it's kind of a boys, it's a boys club, you know? And mm-hmm. frankly, I didn't see that at all. I, you know, my cousin played football when he was younger, like in high school. And I would be out there, you know, with him in the backyard. Um, I was his uh, QB, you know, and I was <laughs> doing all of that. So for me, it, when people said it's a boys club, I was like, what are you talking about? Like people do this, like, you know, so it was nothing. It was weird to me that people would always say that. But I am starting to see more female representation in sports. And I think that's great. Um, I think we need to continue to give opportunities for women that are in the industry now. We need to continue to give opportunities to those women and really mentor them and, and help them out and um, try to give as much advice as possible and really just spread the, the you know, I think with social media nowadays, especially Twitter, we're able to kind of connect with people that we would never connected with normally. So I I know a lot of people on social that are, that work in social that I've never met before, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, we talk all the time on Twitter or we know each other by social. And, you know, if there's a good opportunity that comes my way, um, that I think would be good for, you know, one of my social friends, I will, you know, forward that over to them. So I I think now with, we, we have a network and I think that we, can, we should continue to do that and continue to help each other out. And, you know, by no means are we in competition with one another. I think we should all, we should all make it and we should all, mm-hmm. um, you know, get up there at the top and, you know, make it a girl's club. Why not? <laughs> I like that. I like make it a girl's club. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, before we get to five fun facts, can you take us through a day in the life of Sue Joe? Yeah. So uh, normally I would get in, you know, right about, you know, 11, 12 on a game day um, and just get ready for the day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at the stadium kind of uh, on the computer, just kind of seeing what's going on social, what we have planned for the day. If we have to promote any tickets, if we have any theme nights that we need to promote um, and just kind of seeing what we got. And then um, as soon as the lineup comes in, uh, we'll get that out there. And then as soon as the lineup is out, we just have a short amount of time before BP starts. Um, go down for BP, capture some content, get those posted. Um, if there's anything really good happening, uh, we'll get that posted. And then, you know, the game starts, I'm on the field getting in Sanford Dodger baseball. And then, you know, the, the game starts, it, it seems a very simple, but the time goes so fast that I'm like, how is it already game time? Like, it's crazy. Um, and then, you know, covering the games, if we win, I'm obviously there a lot longer. We have player of the game, final score, just kind of all of those things and, and content to get posted. And I usually leave around uh, midnight, 1230. If it's a walk off, it's like I'm there till like one, <laughs> um, oh, wow. one thirty. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a long day. Um, but then it's, you know, the same thing over and over again. <laughs> same thing every day. So gosh, it's interesting that a walk off is longer, but that totally makes sense. Yeah. Because you haven't had as much time to plan. 
For sure. And, and there's all so much content for a walk off that like, I see everything. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know people will love this, you know, mm-hmm. or I'll, I'll see like a great photo of Chris Taylor. And I'm like, Oh, I know that there's a bunch of fans that always tweet me about Chris Taylor. I think they would really like this photo. Um, and so these are all things that I think about. And so when I get that, I'm like, Oh, I want to post it. So it's, it's me just really sitting at the stadium, like seeing, going through all the content. I'm like, Oh, this is great. We should post this. Um, mm-hmm. but then also keeping in mind that it's one thirty and people may not be awake. So right. <laughs> it's a constant battle, <laughs> but that actually brings up an interesting point. Um, so let's say it is, it is, is a walk off and it's one thirty, and you have this mm-hmm. great photo of Chris Taylor. Do you post at one thirty, or do you say, you know what, this would be a great 9am waking up like Chris Taylor post or something like that. Don't use that caption. It was terrible. Well, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends. It depends on how quickly the game had ended. If the okay. game ended at one thirty, and I have a photo of Chris Taylor that I want to post at one forty, I'm posting it because fans are still up at that time. Yeah. Um, if you're waiting like 30 minutes after the game has been over, it uh, might be too late. Um, mm-hmm. And so if it's really great, then I can post it the very next morning. But it's rare that I'll do that because the moment has kind of, you know, it's kind of gone. Um, mm-hmm. And for social, unless you're a diehard fan, you really just don't care about it <laughs> right. um, as hard as that is. But um, that's just kind of the world we live in is just that if you don't get it immediately, it's just, I don't really care about it the next day. Um, so it, it really just depends on the content. That's interesting. I've always yeah. was kind of curious about that. Yeah. Um, Sue, so this has been so much fun for me, especially just because obviously you're incredible at your job and I am a Dodgers fan. So I think it just made me even more excited, but I think this was so helpful and interesting for people who really want to run social accounts of any kind, because like you said, learn to run the account and then you can, you know, get into a more specific area. But there is so mm-hmm. much that goes into it. And it's not just posting a photo, putting a caption and moving on with your day. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing for people to know. Um, and as we highlight different careers in sports, you know, it's important for people to know what that really means and to put, you know, a person behind it. And I think it's interesting. So I appreciate everything that you shared with us today. Yeah, of course. So before you go, of course, we have to do five fun facts. Uh, so our listeners know this is something I started with the 49ers players that I do one-on-one with them. But on this podcast, we ask everybody the same five questions. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a lot of fun, for lack of a better word, to get five pretty different answers almost every time. So without further ado, we have five fun facts with Sue Joe. All right, Sue, what is your favorite moment in sports? It has to be winning the World Series last year. (laughs) (laughs) It would be kind of weird if you had really anything else other than that. Right, exactly. (laughs) Uh, What is your life motto? Um, You know, my dad used to to tell me this when I was younger, and I think he he said this before it was even popular, but he he used to say, like, work hard now so that you can play hard later. Um, Oh, I like that. Yeah, and he'd always say that to me, and I'm like, okay, but, like, I want to play now. (laughs) And he would be like, you know, I used to say that to him. He's like, Sue, this is nothing. When you make it, you can do whatever you want. Just so work hard now. And so every time that's stuck with me, and I I still believe it to this day. I love that. What is your go-to workout? All right, so I've talked about how I work so much that I Mm -hmm. don't have time to work out. And, you know, my friends and family are like, you can spare one hour of the day 
to work out. And I'm like, no, because then I can sleep that one hour, you know? So because I, I I sleep, I usually get home, I I shower and I go to sleep and it's like three o'clock and then I have to be up. And so it's hard for me to just get workouts in. But, um, when I can, um, I I love playing tennis. Um, I used to play tennis in high school, so I, I love doing that. Um, and, um, also, because I can't do that lately, I run around the stadium a lot. Not like literally run, but like I'm doing so many different errands that like yesterday I went to the center field plaza like three times and that is hard. Like it's not easy. It is hard. You know, carrying <laughs> camera gear and stuff. It's just not. So, you know I'd what? I'd love I'll to see your steps. steps. I oh, would I love to see your steps for the day. Do you, do you track them? So I used to, and <laughs> so I used to have a Fit Band and okay. then it was get, causing me rashes after a year. Oh. Um, so like I took it off and I haven't been tracking it since, but yeah, I used to, I'm sure it's in the well into the 20 thousands. I can guess <laughs> yeah. that even without yeah, your, your, your fit band. <laughs> uh, do you have a go-to coffee order? I imagine you probably have to drink coffee. Um, so I only drink one thing and it's from Starbucks and it's the caramel frappuccino with yeah. no whipped cream. And that's, that's okay. me every single time. Uh, my Alex uh, used to tell me, he's like, that's not coffee. That's literally a, a smoothie. He'd make fun of me <laughs> all the time. So, um, yeah, but that's the coffee what I like. smoothie. There's yeah, nothing exactly. wrong with that. <laughs> uh, and then a book every woman should read. Yeah. So I haven't had a chance to read anything lately, but, um, a friend recommended this book called more than enough, okay. um, that I'm hoping to kind of get into. And it's about a woman named Elaine, who is, um, uh, the youngest editor at teen Vogue and is like super empowering for women and just kind of talking about career advices and just how to empower yourself. So I think that would be a good one for me to, to read next. All right. More than enough. I'm going to check that out. I think yeah. that's actually also advice that we could all use in our yeah. daily lives as yes. well. Um, so this was so fun. I loved having you on. I really have wanted to have you on since we started this podcast in fall of 2019. So I'm just so happy that you were able to join me today. Thank you so much. Thank you um, for having me. I've had so much fun. Absolutely. Hopefully I will see you very soon at the stadium. Yes. Uh, If you guys liked what you heard, which I know you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.